Welcome to the Love and Grace Podcast. My name is Joel Menken. Today in studio, I've got Mark Day. Hello. And via Zoom, we have got Lynn Spinks. How you doing, Lynn? I'm really good, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, yes. And thanks for thanks for accepting accepting the request. But I I think, Lynn, you have such an interesting view on God and <laughs> and um, all, all some wonderful things that I think have gotten lost and I would love to hit those and I just want to start off with some you know starter questions and then we'll dig into that okay so what okay. where's home right now yeah I live in Fort Wayne Indiana I'm originally from Indianapolis but I've lived here uh, since 2013 with a two-year stint in Springfield, Illinois, but Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. What, um, did you get to grow up in a Christian home? I did. I grew up in, uh, basically, uh, the, the Pentecostal Assemblies of God Church. My mother was faithful, took us to church every Sunday from as early as I can remember. So I've kind of got a holy roller background, and then <laughs> as uh, things kind of Calm down a little bit. The AG Church has been was my home for most of my life. Yeah. Oh, okay, I've I've got a Assemblies of God background as well. With my uh, my grandfather being an Assemblies of God pastor out in somewhere in Northeast Indiana, more uh, closer to Indianapolis than you are, but I think it was like yeah. Anderson, somewhere around Anderson. But uh, um, that was that was many a year ago. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I've I've been pretty pretty rooted in uh, assemblies of God as well. But um, another question is, what um, what brought you to a encounter with Jesus? Wow, wow! It's mainly I blame it all on my son Matt. Matt speaks. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming somewhat of a, a popular uh, evangelist, preacher, teacher in some of our circles, but. Um, he got a message back in 2008 and started publishing some stuff that was just really, to me, it was offensive because I'd grown up in more of a traditional um, church. But um, I moved back to Indiana in 2010 and I started following his meetings regularly. And then in one of his conferences, he was doing a conference. I moved back to Indianapolis. He was doing a conference in Indianapolis in January of 2012, with a guy named Charlie Champ, Matt and Charlie were really good buddies, and um, it was the second night, I think it was a Saturday night, and I just heard the Lord telling me, asking me <laughs> if if I would be willing to do something undignified, mm. because at the time, I, you know, looking back i was trying to live a lifestyle that was trying to uphold some certain amount of dignity i guess on behalf of god he told me later he's like i don't need your dignity i, I just want to give you mine and it's <laughs> completely different but i had an encounter that night and the lord asked me to go lay down on the floor because a lot of these people were manifesting in some really what i thought were strange holy spirit manifestations so I took the Lord up on his challenge or his offer, and I went and laid down on the floor. And dude, in that moment, in that moment, I was just overwhelmed. I was flooded with the Spirit of God. And just, I just was starting to, crazy things started happening to me. I was laughing hysterically. I was crying. I was just seeing stuff. And that, that event actually lasted for like eight or nine days and I was so jacked up on the spirit my my kids were telling me oh dad you're drunk and yeah, I'm like I, dude I know what drunk is and this is like being on crack times 10 I was just so <laughs> I, I literally was vibrating for eight or nine days I hardly wow. ate or slept and in that time I was getting all these downloads of revelation and um, God taken me on the things that I thought I understood. He was expounding them to me in ways that were blowing my mind. And, uh, you know, not noticeably, it was that he was taking over my body and and uh, he was just showing me the power of God within our 
bodies that can manifest if we're willing to let him in ways that to the world seem just completely crazy. But it was in the midst of that, you know, when I started seeing stuff, I realized that ultimately it's intentional that he wants to blow our minds, get us out of our minds and, and awaken to his yeah. mind. So that was that was the first encounter. I grew up thinking I knew theology. I studied. I love studying theology. I thought I knew the Bible. I, you know, I thought I was following after the Lord you know, with everything I had within my own power, but which was great, but it was in my own strength. And so I didn't know that I was just trying to make things happen in my own strength without really accepting his literal spirit within me to empower me to be and do things completely different. So that was the beginning nine years ago. So that was January 14th, I think, 2012. 2012, wow. Things, everything's been different since then. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what what has that path been from that point to now? What is What are some things that have been a big highlight or a big um, something memorable that it's like, oh, wow, that was not necessarily that, that that was a turning point, but a big point in a different understanding of of scriptures and and uh things that that you you had seen before as yeah uh as a foundation wow well i think actually from early on he's kept me in uh genesis 3 you know the story where they partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he's had me just kind of meditating on that off and on from a lot of these last nine years but in that there's a, such a revelation because what i realized is that you know when adam and eve hid from god god came looking for him right and when when adam told god later he's like i was afraid and so i hid myself because i was naked and god asked him in that moment who told you you were naked mm-hmm. oh. and what, is, what has been revealed to me is that nothing changed in their situation, in their circumstance. Everything had, was exactly the same in their living situation as it was prior to them partaking of that fruit of this knowledge of good and evil. So the only thing that changed was their, was their mindset. It, something happened that literally shifted their consciousness. And it was, a, it was actually a, a trust in their own thinking, a trust in their own consciousness. And so their eyes were open and they looked upon themselves and declared themselves naked. And so what God's been showing me is that this is, this is the transformation or, or the fall from, from hearing the word, just being in an intimate relationship with the Father where you're just hearing and doing like Jesus said, I only do what I hear or what I see him doing. I only say what I hear him saying. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the shift in all of humanity at the fall when they partook of this knowledge. And so from that, you know, judgment entered the world, which in that moment became the separation between them and God. And so in that moment, Uh, is when they became self-conscious they were looking low seeing the word self and its root means to seeing low they were focused on their own selves and then something convinced them that somehow they were able they were the ones that got to define themselves right he declared adam said i am naked we've declared we're naked and we're ashamed and so they're they're all their trust was in their own thinking from that point. All of their all of their trust and faith was in what they thought they knew, the way that they interpreted things, labeling things good or evil, or you know, which is what we see in our modern culture. Everything is being judged, you know. And so that's what Paul talks about in Romans five, where judgment entered the world through Adam. This condemnation came through Adam. And it's all about that self-consciousness. 
and dependence, utter dependence on themselves. And then Jesus comes along and reveals to us, no, there's another way. In the garden, there was two trees. The one tree that partook, they partook of, which was death, and the other tree, which was the tree of life. Hmm. And so here comes Jesus revealing and now actually spoon feeding us from this tree of life this revelation that in him was all wisdom from the beginning in him was all knowing you know it was all life and so um we want to partake of that so jesus comes comes along and restores us back to a state of being where we're innocent before we knew the difference between right and wrong Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to discern now we're plugged into that, but it was an absence. Now we're back in a state of absence of, of judgment. Certainly this absence of our putting our faith and trust in myself to discern. I'm not what they were doing in the garden. They made themselves out to be God, basically declaring and defining themselves when God is like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a foreign thought that they took into themselves and began to believe it about themselves. And God's like, no, you were always naked, but you were unashamed. You were innocent. Now mm-hmm. you're you know, dimming. You brought the law and judgment in, into the world. So yeah, so that's just one of the things. Along those lines, I've I've dug into that a little bit and realizing that. Jesus came to take care of that bit, that part of our history where we went from um, no care in the world, no care whatsoever to caring about everything and how people perceive me, how, I mean, when there's only two, two people and an entity that, that comes and visits who you've been very very close to almost as i mean as close as a friend as a best friend and and get to the point where now you're ashamed for them to see you Mm. so yeah and nothing nothing changed on from god's point of view that his point of view of us has never changed he's always seen us as perfect and and beautiful and all of these things that when when we partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then we saw things that we weren't supposed to see or necessarily weren't supposed to pay attention to. Well, that's that's the difference. I love just the analogy or these these words that are more symbolic. You know, when we're seeing, it's kind of like we're understanding, and and when we're when we're the the truth is. What God sees is the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. The way he sees things is reality. What he says is truth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes and declares, I am the truth. And what what he's trying to convey there is that in me, you're going to discover who you are. So I yeah. am the truth of your being, yeah. right? Um, so their, their whole focus was become on what they thought they saw. You know, scripture says we walk walk by faith and not by sight. Walking by faith and not by sight is a very, it seems, okay, it seems foreign now, but it it also, it, it lends itself to the supernatural and people people get the get to the point of well what well, i say we as humans as a whole have gotten to the point of supernatural being something that's above natural so it's 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 another level and that's some sort of iffy stuff and we don't want to we don't want to mess with that so we're going to reduce ourselves down to this lower understanding of everything and yeah. call that normal when that was never supposed to be normal, that's a reduction of where we were supposed to live. We were supposed to live in a supernatural or all of those things that we've seen. We saw uh, Jesus do in the Bible. We've seen prophets do in the Old Testament and then the New Testament, just having words yeah. of knowledge. Um, 
being able to um, reach out and yeah. touch someone and then being healed. Um, all those things that seem so foreign to a modern point of view. Well, if you also look at it too, there are many, um, there are many like ministers or, or pastors or teachers that uh, go off of th the theology of all that stuff happening back then that it's impossible for it to happen now. So yeah. looking at it from that perspective too. Yeah. So like, I, mean, I remember I used to talk to people, uh, other Christians all the time, like, Hey, like I would tell them stories like, you know, cause me and you, we've, we've seen things. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, Lynn has seen some awesome stuff too, but if you were to go to like a baby Christian or, or a Christian that, um, you know, is really firm in their faith, what, you know, in scripture and everything, but, they're, but they're like, yeah. And you talk to them about healing and all that. They're like, what? No, I don't believe, you know, what? No, you know, we don't, yeah. the healing stuff and all the miracles that was back then. That's not, that's not supposed to happen now. Like you get some people that are dead set in that theology of, yeah, that was back then. Yes. The apostles can do that. Yes. Jesus did it. But you, we as humans, we can't, we can't do that. It's like, we can't do that. And they're, they're so stuck. They're so stuck in that mindset. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that they're wrong, you know, or we're right, but it's, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the whole, like, being afraid to explore and actually, you know, sit and talk to God about it. I'm like, God, I want to, I want to see this. It goes back to where, you know, I remember Theus, like we talked about it at church before with the whole, like, uh, what was it? Ah, the 10 commandments, um, when it being written, I can't remember who it was. Uh, Moses, Moses. Yes. And it was just like, Hey, you know, guys come up, you know, come up to the mountain, you know, when you hear me yell for you. Yeah. Mount Sinai. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, cool. They get, you know, they get the cue. Hey guys, come on up. Nah, I, I think we'll just stay down here. Right. It, uh, I don't want to deal with all that. That's, that's <laughs> not, uh, no, no, can't mm -hmm. do it. Can't do it. So, and that's where I feel like where the where believers where the church is going now like i said going off what you said joel about mm -hmm. not wanting to explore because it's it's frightening like you see somebody's leg grow you're not going to think oh glory together you think what the crap like what happened <laughs> this lady's leg like you're defining you're like defying science right now like what there's no way this person should like you know what i mean like they're gonna like what so but being yeah. stuck in that comfort zone of you know that sunday to sunday or yeah that feel good service you know oh yeah yeah jesus you you know people like to use oh yeah you know faith and miracles and faith and wonders jesus did it in the bible and that's it like there's no well, this application is what, this is what was happening to me in that moment when i had that encounter in 2012 where i was being awakened to senses that i didn't know i had i mean mm -hmm. god comes along and wants to crack us open to the revelation that we have spiritual senses we have spiritual sight we have spiritual hearing we have spiritual even taste you know yeah we have spiritual abilities to feel and sense things that are real they're present they're just invisible yeah. they're very tangible and they're actually very real because God is real. Yeah. And so the, the transformation occurs in the revelation that, oh my God, I'm not just in the presence of God, but Jesus comes to reveal that his whole point, like it was from the beginning, if they would have partook of the fruit of the tree of life, Jesus says basically to come and eat me, I'm the bread of life, partake yeah. of me, I am the tree of life. And once we become, we partake of that fruit, we're literally awakened to the oneness yeah. that we are. We become inseparably united now with the God of the universe who's chosen us intentionally. He created us in this form with the purpose of occupying it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what Jesus comes to show to us and to perfect, he kills the old man, he kills the old carnal mindset, and then he introduces us to what, what Paul says, you know, in Corinthians 1, chapter, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, um, 
who says we've been given the mind of Christ. Who can know what a man thinks mm. except the spirit of a man? And then it goes on to say, who can know what God thinks except the spirit of God? And so this revelation is, is a theological word called theosis, mm. right? Where now we, we literally are empowered to think what he thinks, to know what he knows. If we put on the mind of Christ, I have to make room by first putting off the old man, as Paul writes in Ephesians 4, slip out of the old man in the futility of your mind. So don't think like the Gentiles think, but slip into the new man, made whole and perfect and righteous with the mind of Christ. So we have the spirit of Christ, we have the mind of Christ, and we are the body of Christ. So that's like, what does that mean? Who am I? Yeah. What am I? And so that's where I think this this revelation is becoming so hard and fast. In our day, this is a an identity message, yeah. right? We're seeing a revelation of not just who God is, but my God, who am I? Who are yeah. we? We are the yeah. body. We're partakers yeah. of his divine nature. So that's crazy talk. That's good. And I mean, and to go off of that, I feel like, and I just had a thought too, when you were, when you were saying that it was like, you get, we're being created in the image of God and being with him partaking in what he has to offer. And people, there, there are many people out there that know this, but yeah. it's funny because we put on the facade of us not needing it. And that's where there's that that slight journey to where, you know, oh, I've been in the church my entire life and I know all the ins and outs of, I know the right Christianese words to say. I know, you know, the proper church etiquette. I know, you know, yes, I know the Holy Spirit does this. Yes, I've seen all these things happen to other people. And so yeah. that kind of, you kind of become calloused to, you know, when somebody, hey, like, you know, I want to impart spiritual gifts to you. I want to impart these things to you. I mean, they can be Jesus working through that person to you saying, hey, I want to, you know, God, God wants me to pray with you, God, you know, but as a person that has seen it, I'm just saying, yeah, like person, like in general, like a person being callous to it, they're going to, you know, they would say, oh, no, I'm fine. Or sure, they'll accept it just to be nice, mm -hmm. but the heart isn't really open to it. And that goes back to that whole like, yes, I know it all, but do you really know it all to where you have to come hungry in a way? Because like, yeah. Like growing, growing up in the church or, you know, whatever, and being um, around it so much to where you're getting used to it, it's, you know, it just becomes another day at the office. It just becomes another day at work. But yeah. it, it takes you being broken down in a sense and not being like beaten down, but broken down as in tired or just, you know, I'm you know, okay, like finally willing to accept and partake in the Holy Spirit. That's when God can really work because, and I mean, I've, I've seen it and yeah. I've, I mean, I've gone through before to where it's like, yes, I've seen it. I've done it. Like, yes, I know God's good. I do. I've, you know, I've, I've been slain in the spirit, you know, I've seen all these things. So it's almost like, you know, we, we've seen a new revelation, but it's like, uh, you know, I know. So, then when you get to a point in your life to where you're like, ah, uh, you know, I don't know what else to do. Da, da, da. Like you kind of, everything yeah. comes off to Here comes the spirit, you know, and a gust of wind smacks you in the forehead. And it's like, yeah. oh man, new revelation. Oh my gosh. Like, and then all these things start happening. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's interesting. Cause when, when the spirit hits you, it hits you different every time. And yeah. And it's like before you, it just takes the yes. When you're asked the, it just takes the word yes, yes. I I receive all of that. Yeah. Yes, because the, the best Wonder. part about the spirit is that <laughs> when it comes on you, it comes on you in such a way to where it just it just knows the right 
the right move, the right touch, the right feel, the right words to say, to oh to just not only make you feel good, but to make to make sure that you know that you were always enough in your identity in Christ to really see who you are in Christ, if that makes sense. Um, the beauty the beauty of that, I love that, because the beauty in that is knowing that, oh my God, I know that's God. Yes. There's something in, built in that recognizes the presence of God, recognizes the voice of God, the appearing, the spirit. And so we're built for that, to see that and to know it. And when you hear that, when you're when you sense it and all of us, I believe every one of us knows God. Every yes. one of us is here from God because Scripture declares the new covenant that you don't have to go teach your neighbor to know God because they will all know me. Yes, that is a huge deal. So I don't have to kind of persuade people to know God. I start off at a starting point assuming they're already hearing from God, even if they don't recognize it, they're like, I don't hear from God. But once you get to talking to them, oh, you'll man. find that everybody I've ever known has had some experience or encounters or oh, some man. revelation or with God in some form or another. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's the deal for me. That's why looking back, you know, when I was, you know, trying to be a good Christian, I would lay my head down at night and still, honestly wonder if I was saved. Mm. I didn't have that blessed assurance. I knew somewhere deep down in my soul, my guts, that I was missing something. There was mm. something there. Because Paul talks about he wants us to have this confidence, you know, this absolute certainty. And that comes with, with walking and talking with him, with inner relationship. Mm that we know what he thinks and you're, you're aware of his presence always. So it's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, along those lines, along the lines, if we step back to uh, you saying that, that uh, everybody hears from God. I was like, I don't, yeah. I mean, you have some, somebody that just has joined this and it's like, I, I don't hear from God. Um, okay. Let, let's assume that we've titled it wrong. Do you listen to your conscience? Have you heard from your conscience? Have you had that feeling of, ah, oh, dang it, I knew I shouldn't have done that, or man, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I felt like I needed to do that. That one thing, whatever it is, if it if it was change lanes on the road, or or hey, watch out for this car over here, and you don't, and that car hits you, or has almost you almost have an accident because of it. Little things, or even say the wrong things, yeah, or you know, say the wrong yeah. things, right? And it realizing that those little bits are us hearing from God, even if we don't yes. believe that there's a God. Yeah. We, I, I believe, I believe everybody can say that. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard something from something we call, we label as our conscience. Um, oh, dude, that's but, so good. But that isn't that. From from my point of view, as someone who's studied the Bible a bit, that's uh, God said He He gives He th there will not be a position that you leave God yeah. that you will never you will never be separated from God. God will never leave that's, you or forsake oh you. Nothing, no height, no depth, anything can separate yeah. you from the love of God. Yeah, wouldn't that include before salvation? Before you realized He was there? Yeah. Well, that's what's radical about this message to me is this revelation now that we're living in. Which that's why I love the name of your podcast here, Love and Grace, because we say we're living in an age of grace. Mm. And for me, what, what grace means is that we're living in this divine influence. Grace is his divine favor, his divine influence upon the human heart. And that's the other part of, you know, God is love. God is the manifestation in, in all the forms that we experience love. That's God. And so when when we take it down to this basic level, which is I love what you just did there, Joel, because it is this it's an affirmation that you already know what God thinks, because that other part of that new covenant promise is that I will put my thoughts or I'll put my presets or precepts or I'll put my laws in their minds. 
and then their hearts. And I'll take out the stony heart and I'll give them a resensitized heart, a soft heart, sensitive to the things of the spirit. And, and so what we're presented with is this revelation that God is already influencing every single person. It's what, what, what Peter quoted in Joel 2, where he said, this is that, this is that outpouring, where it says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Does, so does, does, is, along those lines, does all mean all? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The question is, do you believe that? Right. What does he just say there? All flesh. And so if, if we begin to see now, everybody's not acting out of that revelation, of course. People love to argue because people are so convinced of their experience that instead of allowing the truth to inform or define their experience, they use their experience or their conclusions about their experience to try to define the truth. Mm. And so that's, that's a huge shift in the way that we see and understand. I'm like, so now I'm presented with this truth. Oh, he's poured out his spirit on all flesh. Then he says, do you believe that? Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, how do I, I can't see that. I don't, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense in my world. I have not experienced that, or at least I don't think I have. But then to your point, you bring up, well, everybody does know the difference between right and wrong. Everybody does know something inherently in them mm -hmm. that leads them towards being and doing something good. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world is working and trying to provide for their families and get along is all trying to be good. There's something there already that's pushing us toward that. It's inspiring us. It's literally within us mm -hmm. coming out. Christ, the all in all. So we want to spend time with that. We want to soak in that. We want to meditate on that. We want to like ask the question, what does that mean? How what does that look like? And so the spirit then begins to open our eyes to see, oh my God, they are trying to do good. Even in all the politics, people's hearts are really good. Mm -hmm. They want what's good, right? They're arguing about things because they believe it's right, but they believe it's good. And so if you could tap that, say, oh, I see your heart. No matter how the words come out, mm -hmm. you know, their heart is for good. We all want what's good. And that's God. It's just with another O. It's God is good. Mm -hmm. All things that are good are God. So you simplify it, break it down, <laughs> then it becomes yeah easier to like swallow in little bits and pieces. But Wow, the magnitude, the implications are far and wide, deep, high. Yes. Well, Lynn, if I can slightly change the subject, yes. uh, what what are some experiences that you've got to have? Um, let's let's start um, outside the country. What what have you? What are some notable experiences that you've got to have, um, either in missionary work or or just being Jesus's hands and feet outside of the United States? Well, I went to Nicaragua last year for the second time. I went first in 2018. And then last year I went, my buddy and I, Yossi Collinger, who if you don't know him, you should look him up. He's amazing. He's a freaking Hebrew scholar, but he's my best buddy. We went to Nicaragua last February and we were only going to stay for a month. <clears throat> and, um, We'd hooked up with some missionaries down there. We were doing some stuff and we we're making plans to do, uh, still making plans. What I want to do is, a, is like a retreat school down there sometime in the future. But we only planned to be there a month. We wound up getting stuck there because of the COVID hit in mm -hmm. March. We mm -hmm. actually had a chance to leave, you know, right away. They said, you can leave now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> <laughs> so we wound up getting stuck in paradise for six months. Oh, that sounds and, uh, awful. It was not hard work, <laughs> man. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> it's so amazing because I, I have my lungs are compromised, and so I should be a high risk for COVID. But it had me in a place where I, there was no COVID down in Nicaragua, which is amazing. Um, that was one of the least infected countries in the world 
of course, some people say it's because they don't report, but we had, you know, firsthand evidence. Nobody around there was really getting sick. I don't know why. Costa Rica next door is one of the lowest, second lowest uh, COVID rate in the world. So here we are like quarantined, but we're walking around in perfect freedom. They didn't even do a mask mandate for countries never closed their borders yet. They have not declared mask mandates or any of these restrictive protocols on their people. And interestingly enough, the, the wife of the dictator declares that we're just under God's influence. We're walking in by grace and we're going to trust that he's going to protect us. Right. Mm. So everybody in Nicaragua loves the Lord because they, they're all mostly a lot of uh, Catholic influence, of course, but they all love the Lord because their lifestyle there is a, is a lifestyle of interdependence. They're poor people by comparison and they live trusting God and then they live a lifestyle trusting each other. So we got to stay there. We, we were staying in one of the places, I'll tell you this one story. We were staying in a, a hotel and we eat our meals in the restaurant every day. And the, the restaurant's wide open. It's on an island called Amatepe Island. And there are a lot of spiritual seekers that come there because there's a lot of history of old paganism and, mm. you know, sacrificing virgins in the volcanoes and stuff going back thousands of years. But uh, so there's a lot of new agers that would wander in there. And Yossi and I would be sitting around, whether it was breakfast, lunch or dinner, and we would just have these random encounters. You know, it's amazing if our eyes are open to just see what God is doing. He'll bring people and set them right at your table or right next mm. door and you just strike up a conversation and you find out they're really truth seekers. They're trying to find truth. And so we happen to know who Mr. Truth is. Yeah. And so we just get engaged in these conversations and within a few minutes, some of them would be laughing or some of them would be weeping. And occasionally they would say, to me or Yossi, like, I've been looking for this my whole life, you know, mm. this encounter where in the midst, you know, where two or more gathered, there he is in the midst. It's mm. in this mystical middle of this perichoresis where there's a, a literal, like, tangible substance that you can feel and sense and know. And so we were exuding that and they were experiencing that and we were just expounding on what that is and, then, and they're like oh my god this is real this is god stuff well we had met this couple and <clears throat> we'd been friends with them for a couple of weeks probably and they came in back in the restaurant one night and she was sick young couple and she thought she had covid she had a high fever, she was sick to her stomach, and they, she didn't want to, like, they were trying to socially distance from us. And I could tell, she's, you know, her boyfriend came and sat with us and said, you know, she's sick. We're afraid she might be really sick. Hmm. And so I looked at my buddy Yossi in that moment, and I just felt the spirit of the Lord saying, you got to go lay hands on her. And I looked at Yossi, and he's looking at me like, dude, I am not laying hands on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was fearful, mm -hmm. right? And it was like I was just talking to Mark earlier. It was like a question or test of my faith. The Lord was like, because I'd been talking to people, don't be afraid of the COVID. And then I hear God's voice like, well, do you want to practice what you preach, boy? Because mm -hmm. here's the chance, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, Lord. And then I'm just so humbled. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm afraid. I don't know what to say. You better give me words. And so... I took the leap of faith and I got up and went over and asked her, can I pray for you? And she's like, okay. She was laying down in a hammock. I pulled up my chair next to her and I took her by the hands and I just said, Lord, give me some words, right? Mm -hmm. And I just started praying in tongues and I felt this literal wind of the spirit blow over us, dude. It was yeah. so amazing. You can feel that right now, right? And so I just started speaking in tongues and then I, I, God gave me words to this day. I can't remember what I said to her, but I opened my eyes at one point, a few minutes in, and she is just bawling, dude. She's weeping like a little baby. And I start crying and we're just like, holy ghost, you know? And uh, so that happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
she gets up to leave. They had to go, and she didn't want to leave. She was hugging me. She didn't want to let go, and and uh, finally they left. And nothing seemed to happen in that instant, right? But lo and behold, the next day she came running back in there to tell me to testify something happened. She woke up. They went to bed. She woke up in the middle of the night, and she said it was striking because she felt. She said. The word she used is that I've never felt this good in my whole life. <laughs> mm. right? She woke up completely healed. Good. And not just that, she just felt energized. She felt great. And she comes back and she goes, okay, I want to know you're Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And, and it her, she was actually, they were teaching in one of the spiritual uh paganistic rituals they were doing on this some nights up there on the island she was they were doing fire dancing and she was doing yoga meditation and stuff she was teaching some of these spiritual exercises and <laughs> when that happened she she they came around she wanted to be with us a lot she kept mm. coming around over and uh, so reminded her of when she went to church with her grandma in a Catholic church. She said, I'd heard about Jesus, but she'd never really met him. And so that was just, that was just one of many encounters we had. And, well, uh, um, just, Lynn, to, to just to backstep just a moment, um, you used a term that has had very, uh, in, in the Christian world, a very negative connotation. Can you explain your understanding of the word mystic? Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a really good word. First of all, Paul uses that word in his writings. At least uh, Paul and maybe another one or two of the writers of the New Testament use this word mysterion over two dozen times. Mm. It's a Greek word. It means that, and this is what, you know, John writes, we're, we're, we're caught up in this fellowship of the mystery, right? Mm -hmm. And Paul says, this is the mystic secret, right? Christ in you. So it is mystical because how do you get your head around this fact that the God of the universe is occupying your very form? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mystical, and so to be a mystic, it's like it's like a prophet. You know, it's just one who who hears or one who senses, you know, the presence of the divine, the God of the universe, and then you know we we hear things or we sense things. And so, I just believe that we're practicing. For me, it's become a, a lifestyle because it's a practice. Whether you call it contemplative living or meditation or just like David writes in Psalm 1 that I meditate on the word day and night and uh, it's just being aware that there's a living word within us Yeah, and so it's just like Brother Lawrence writes one of the ancient mystics that we're just practicing the presence and so it's not a bad word it's like a lot of these words I see God redeeming a lot of these words and really uh, unveiling to us the true meaning and and glorifying and redeeming the words so that they can be truly understood and used in our christian walk whether it's the word mystic or you know mysterious or all the, all these words meditation they're not bad things they're just so easily misunderstood and when people misunderstand they fear what they don't understand yeah and so i just encourage people to get beyond the fear and go and don't you know get hung up on my clumsy words <laughs> try right. to sense by the spirit i want you to i want to speak life to life paul said i'm not coming to you with fancy words of man's wisdom i'm, I'm coming to you in a powerful demonstration <sighs> of my words that as i was speaking earlier you could sense something that's <laughs> speaking life to life that's mm -hmm. enlightening. It's the enlightenment. So thinking about that, uh, it it kind of like, especially going back to uh, your your encounter uh, with the woman. It just when we're put in situations like that, I always think 
I just now thought of God just being like, hey, how much do you love me? <laughs> As the person that's approaching that, uh, that person that needs something and, and, you're, impart, and you're imparting that, that love on somebody, just, I always imagine God just being like, hey, Mark, how much do you love me? I'm saying, I mean, I love you a lot, why? I need you to go do something for me. <laughs> and so, and then when you're, and then when you're approaching that person and you're praying with that person, and then I can only imagine God saying to them, this is how much I love you. Mm-hmm. And that's where just the influx of the spirit and his love really takes shape and takes form within that person. Like it's, it's interesting because like, I don't know. It's just a weird thought that I had. It's just like one of those, like, I wonder if that's how, like, we see God. I mean, like, we're, we're so, like, excited, you know, when we want to impart something or we want to, you know, share something with others. It's just basically saying, like, how much, you know, God, this is how much I love you. And then when he's like, oh, that's nice, but this is how much I love you. And then mm. it, like... <laughs> Well, we thought, God, we reached your level of love. And he's like, oh, that's cute. But <laughs> this is my act. This is a step. This is one level above the level I've shown you of love. And then that's where the new that's where the revelation comes. In, and that's where the new encounters come, especially to those who haven't had an encounter yet. And we're and we as you know, as as children want to like share that encounter, we're like, this is what God did for me. And then they get a brand new experience that was a level above what God gave to you. And it's just like, oh my gosh, and you get overwhelmed and excited and they get super overwhelmed and excited. And it's like, oh, okay. Then God's just over there tickled to death. Just like, oh, this is great. Cause like you're blown away. And then I've, I mean, I just watched yeah. you get blown away after I blown you away like last year. This is just great. Like <laughs> it's just one of yeah. those, you know, it's it's really funny because like I can actually picture God just like really like looking like standing next to you or standing behind you being like, oh man, this is gonna be great. Hey, hey, watch this. <laughs> Go over there. <laughs> hey, hey, watch this. Yeah. This is gonna blow your mind. And then so good. As soon as it yeah. happens, and you know, both parts like, oh my gosh, this is what? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> could could that be taken? It's mind-blowing. Could that yeah. could that be taken with the concept of going from glory to glory? Yes. To glory to glory that that our understanding gets gets wider and wider yeah. and wider. Like um it'd be like the opposite if you were coming from the inside out of an onion, each mm. shell, each shell just yeah. being bigger and more amazing and more amazing and more amazing. Um, I'm not a, a fan of onions per se, but Neither. it's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, yeah. Because it is like it, it, each of us are growing in grace. You know, Paul talks about that. And all the writers of the New Covenant are trying to unveil or convey to us what is an experiential reality mm-hmm. but dude it's such a stark contrast matt and i my son and i've been doing a bible study on sunday afternoons and we've been talking so much about this lifestyle that is such a stark contrast to what the world has to offer that it does take even like a time of deconstruction or a detoxification if you will mm-hmm. from religion or, or whatever you know but it takes that practice and staying with this long enough because he has to teach us so many things but to rest first of all and to trust for me it was like a question of him early on saying do you trust me do you trust me do you trust me just like what happened in nicaragua he's like do you trust me (laughs) are you willing to take (laughs) what mark's going through are you willing to take that leap of faith Yeah, yeah okay you don't know what's going to happen on the other side until you know it. And so we right. can only hope that what we hear from others is true. But, you know, 
Peter says, talks about, you know, when the day star rises in your heart or, or Paul talks about, I want you to become intimately aware yeah. in Ephesians three, that what this knowing is all about, this mm-hmm. relational knowing is exceedingly abundantly beyond all that you could ever ask or think. Yeah. So that means you have to like get out of your mind or you get out of your box, blow yeah. your freaking box up. Right? And I totally agree because like, it's very interesting whenever like I talk to people that, that know Jesus and they're just like, I'm just trying to figure out what God wants for me. I was trying to figure yeah. out what, what God's plan is for me is it's like, why do you, why do you want to know right away? Because what if you having that knowledge of what God has for you, what if he told you, oh, yeah, this is what I have mapped out for you for the next 70, 80 years of your life. They're going to yeah. be many, many, you're going to be, we're going to become so nitpicky about it that we're going to be like, oh, that's going to, I don't, I don't like that. that let's change that. I, I don't, I don't know, no, no, that, let's change that too. Because then it goes from it being, you know, from glory to glory to, you know, like downgrading and downgrading and downgrading and downgrading because like, Honestly, we really don't know what we need until the Holy Spirit intervenes. Cause like while we're, pre- it was interesting cause I was, uh, I was going through like a, what was it? A prophesying like season where like I wanted to learn more about like prophecy and stuff. And I was reading this book by Chris Valden. It was a, uh, it was a manual for a prophetic ministry training. And it was very interesting cause he was like, it's funny cause the many things that we pray for, the Holy Spirit intercedes for everything we pray when we ask God for something, the Holy Spirit's like, I'm, I'm, let me, let me just, let me just go ahead and put my little two cents in there. Let me just, ah. you want that Corvette, but do you really need that Corvette? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, you know, yeah, you, 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 you want this, but do you need it? You know, or do you need yeah. it right now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just one of those, those things. Now, and, and that goes back to where, like, oh, I just want to know God's plan for me, like. I just want to know. I just want to know. And God's like, but but do you need to know? Like, when when the time comes for you to know, you, trust me, you will know. Mm-hmm. But when the time is right, because it's easy for us to be like, man, like, Whoa. I need to do this, like, right now. Mm-hmm. And then you get to whatever you need to do, and then it blows up. And then you get frustrated. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, oh, I really need to do this right now. As opposed yeah. to, you know, you're working really hard, not really thinking about anything. And you're, you know, you're, let's say you haven't eaten, but you're so focused on what you're doing. And, you know, you can ignore food or whatever. And then all of a sudden somebody comes by, hey, man, I ordered pizza. You want some? Oh, right on time. That's God. Uh-huh. Like God's that guy say, "Hey man, I ordered pizza. You want some?" Oh man, whoo! I haven't eaten all day. Like, thanks. I was just so focused on this project that I was doing, mm-hmm. and that's that's literally how like that's almost the mindset we should be having. So it's like, all right, you know, I'm I'm just focused on you know just talking to God, conversation with God, and then doing doing me, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know I'm focused. I'm focused. You know. I, I'm aware of what I need, but I'm so focused on getting, you know, getting everything in order and, and all that. And then all of a sudden God goes, bam, here's that money that you've been needing right on time to pay those bills. Oh, mm-hmm. won't he do it? Like, it's just, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what? You, what? <laughs> what? You know, but that's but I feel like that's the Holy Spirit interceding. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at it in that in that sense, I mean, it's different. The perspective is different for everybody, but that's just kind of how I see it. It's like when we want to know, then we become ungrateful for what we know. Cause mm-hmm. then that spark that, oh my gosh, it's like, it's not, it's not there. I'm not saying God, you know, is looking to wow us, but he's looking to love us and to show us, hey, this, Yes, this is what you need, but I would like for you to experience why you need it. Mm-hmm. Because there's always a why behind the what, you know, that we want. The what we want, but why do you want it? Mm-hmm. Why do you need it? So it's like, 
it's, it's just a very interesting perspective, at least for me to look. Some these dots are now connecting in my head as I'm talking. So oh, yeah. forgive me if I'm like hesitant or I'm like, uh. But it's, <laughs> it's very interesting because it's really it's like. Well, that's 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 Romans eight, right? Where Paul writes, you know, we're walking by the spirit, not by the flesh. So yeah. if we don't know how to do that, we have to learn how to be led by the spirit. We're supposed to be carried by the wind, you know. Yeah, we're supposed to be led by the spirit, and we and in this realm what becomes amazing is when you start to see and sense and know that oh my god he does know what is up and what's happening and what's next and where to go and he's telling me what to do what to say i mean he's leading me in all facets of my life now and it's incredible because the reward is it's way better than i could have ever planned Yeah. Oh my God. No, this is good. I'm not a dependent passive instrument because I'm just a robot. No, I'm a dependent passive instrument of God because in this moment, I'm doing things that only God could do supernaturally. Like, oh my God. That's that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lynn, we're we're coming up to the end of our podcast, the end of our time together. And this has been good. Yeah, I want you, I want I want to have you back. And but how can people how can people get a hold of you if they wanted to reach out? Well, I mean, I don't really have like a uh, formal ministry, although I do full time ministry. You can reach me on Facebook. You know, um, just connect with me on Facebook is my primary. Um, way of contacting people through messenger my son has a ministry called the firehouse projects okay and you can find his website on thefirehouseprojects.com i'm a part of that i'm not i used to be a board member i'm not now but i'm intimately involved with that ministry and i participate with him in a lot of things we do some stuff together and uh but I'm just kind of one of those guys that's just being led by the spirit and floating around and just doing, I don't do a lot of shameless self-promotion. Gotcha. <laughs> but I do take donations. <laughs> but uh, I just, I'm just following the lead of the spirit and God's opened up all these avenues for me to practice, you know, and to connect my heart is to empower our heart is to empower glory communities that's our mission statement basically and so we go from house to house and uh, we just love to connect with people and just encourage and empower and edify the body of christ to live this out as a lifestyle Mm. and not just a sunday morning get together which is fine but you want to live this and it's radically different but it's so rewarding (laughs) (laughs) yeah well, it's, Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. I love it when you can see somebody walking out what they preach. They're not just yeah. preaching. They're not just saying, hey, you need to do it this way. This is the way God told us, but I'm doing this over here. It's, yeah. it's hey, no. not only is this the way to go, just come on, follow me. Follow me. How would Paul say it? Follow me as I follow Christ, right? Yes. That's That's the whole thing. We're, we're aiming, we're both aiming for the same thing, following Christ. Yeah. And you, not to put you on a pedestal, but you're going in the right direction. So let's, you know, let's go. Yeah. Let's go in that direction instead of the, yeah. hey, this is what we should do. And okay, see you next week. So, yeah. So yeah, I, would, I would encourage anybody to look at my life and see the fruit of it. Come on. Mm. Yeah. So if you guys can get into a community where it's not just a Sunday thing. It's, it is a daily, hourly thing. Not saying that, that every hour you've got to sit there and say, okay, Lord, what should I do? It's, it's yeah. just, just listening, having an ear open. If God says, hey, yeah. go do this. Hey, go do that. Hey, go talk to this person. I don't know if you should do that one thing or whatever. Yeah. Leading you and guiding you through everything as, as uh, small as, um, which way do I need to travel on my way to school or which way do I need to travel on my way to work? Um, all the way up to, I mean, not to, not to, not to put um, financial advice in there, but 
if you, if God says, hey, go choose this stock, put some money in this stock. Yeah. If if you if you hear that, go for it. God, yeah. God doesn't want you to be poor. If he if he's got something for you, then he's got something for you. It's there. So yeah. not not just to 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 lean into that, but if God if God has a plan for your life, he has a plan for your life. He knows how to prosper you, how to get you through. And just like Mark said, God will put stuff right in as it's supposed to happen, whatever it is, whatever those little things are in life. But yes. if you if you just follow his leading, just listen to him. He's always talking, always. He'll t- as as um, yeah. many of my friends have said, he'll talk your ear off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, the, the, all these wonderful things that, that God has for you. And it all falls into this wonderful idea of love and grace. Mm-hmm. And I, I am so thankful that, that um, we've got to have Lynn and all the other people on so far. And I can't wait for you to, to, to see our next guests as they come. But I love and thank you for joining us right here on the Love and Grace podcast. Remember, audio versions on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. The video version is on YouTube. Just search up Love and Grace Podcast. Guys, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you right here next time. Mm-hmm.